This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome back to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes. The word this week, teamwork. It's no secret that the Republican Party is in turmoil these days. The state party has a civil war underway, with competing factions fighting for control. The National Party is undergoing a leadership purge as Donald Trump transforms the RNC into another one of his failing companies. He's installing his daughter-in-law as co-chair, and she's already made it clear the RNC has two missions, return the family to the Oval Office and pay Trump's legal bills. Democrats are united, working as a team up and down the ballot. Yes, we will work tirelessly to reelect Joe Biden, but we're working just as hard on races all the way down the ballot. Michigan is a purple state, and it's going to be a battle to maintain the gains we've made in the last few years in Congress and in the legislature and expand our successes in county elections. Unlike Republicans, we have an ally at the top. The Democratic National Committee is 100% behind us. Joining me on a special episode of this podcast today is my friend and leader, Democratic National Committee Chair Jamie Harrison. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for having me, Madam Chair. And thanks for coming to Michigan. Of course, of course. So let's start by talking about why you're in Michigan this weekend. I I think Michigan is one of these early states that we now have uh, the Democratic Party in our presidential primary. And we are so excited. We are so excited. Michigan is such an important state to this nation, to the presidential presidential contest in general. Um, But when you think about the building of the middle class Mm -hmm. and the the importance of that and the history of that, you have to come to Michigan. You have to come to Detroit. We know what the the automotive industry did to transform not only the nation, but the world. And the heart of that was right here in Michigan. And so you look at the diversity of the state, you think about the economically, the impact, uh, you think about you got rural and urban as well. All of that is right here in Michigan. And then uh, the cherry on uh, top of this ice cream sundae that you all have here is you think about what you did in the last election cycle, the performance there, which I think you can write a book about in terms of a textbook on what Democratic parties have to do to transform themselves from almost red state to now a very competitive blue state. So kudos to you, Madam Chair, for really pulling off the trifecta then, pulling off this uh, big victory to get Michigan as one of the early primary states. Uh, and I am overjoyed to be. Thank you to you, because we could have done it without the DNC. And your DNC has been such a partner for Michigan. So terrific in the way that you have supported us in the work that we're doing and continue to support. So talk a little bit about your belief in the importance of the state party. Yes. And the work that state parties do across this country. As I, I, I come from state party world. I, I was a vice chair for the South Carolina Democratic Party, then became chair, served for a few years there as chair. And I fundamentally believe that the state parties are the heart and soul of the Democratic Party. They are the, the foundation, the organizational foundation for our party. They are unicorns when you think about the Democratic Party ecosystem, because only state parties can do what they do, which is work with local candidates and statewide candidates and national candidates. Mm -hmm. Even the DNC is restricted in terms of how we can interact with all of those entities. 
the state party is the nexus for all of that activity. The recruitment that takes place, the getting out the message, it's where the people are on the local level. And so I believe that when your state parties are strong, then nationally we will be strong. And we see that right now. Working with you and the other members of the ESTC, we have been able to invest a historical amount of money on the ground to help rebuild our state parties. And I think that's part of why you see uh, the success that we have had recently across the country, not only here in Michigan, but across the country because of uh, the strength of our state parties. If there's any legacy that I hope to have as DNC chair, it is going back to that 57 state and territory strategy, which we know well. Yeah. yeah, We can't talk about the strength of state parties and our national party without touching on the chaos on the other side. And, and, and you had chaos here chaos. in Michigan. I didn't even know what the word for it. I don't even know what the word is. Is it still going, chaos it going on? Okay. We're yeah. not sure who the chair is. They're still having that argument over which one of them is the chair. It's madness. Madness. But I think that we need to talk about how it impacts us on Election Day and the difference between the Democrats and the MAGA Republicans, the difference between Joe Biden and that other orange guy who's running, because that's an important part of this conversation post-primary leading into the general election in November. I, I think people like to make elections out to be these very, very complicated things, but they're really not. And, and I think in this election cycle, we'll see that this election will be about hope versus mm-hmm. fear about progress versus chaos. As you mentioned, we have seen what chaos means from the Republican Party on the local level or the national level. You take a look at what has happened nationally, folks. Republicans with a five-seat majority, same majority that Democrats had, right? Then Democrats, this is the progress that I'm talking about. We passed the American Rescue Plan. We passed the bipartisan infrastructure law. We all remember Donald Trump talking about infrastructure week every week and never filled a damn pot on we look at the Chips and Science Act. We look at the first gun safety legislation in 30 years. We look at the, the Inflation Reduction Act, bringing down the cost of insulin, uh, bringing down the cost of healthcare, investing in the uh, fighting back against the climate crisis. Uh, we look at all these things that we were able to do with a five-seat majority in the House. Now, you flip it. Republicans now have a five-seat couldn't even elect a speaker. Took them 15 times to elect a speaker and nine months to lose it. Nine months to lose it. And then this guy who is currently in the speakership now, what a dud. Will he be speaker by the time we get to the November election? Either he's going to get kicked out or they're going to lose enough members that we are able to get Hakeem Jeffries as speaker before the election ever takes place. But LaVore, this is the biggest do-nothing Congress in the history of the 248-year-old history of this, con- of this country. They have accomplished nothing. And we're on the verge of another government shutdown because, again, they are chaos. We, are, we don't have this big border, bipartisan border bill that the president was working with the Senate, Democrats and Republicans on getting because they take their marching orders from Donald Trump. But it is a three-ring circus right now on the other side. And I hope the American people see that, that when you elect Democrats, we actually get shit done. Exactly. We get stuff done and we deliver for the American people. When you elect Republicans, you get chaos. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. It, the, the choice is so clear. 
I know you remember cycles ago, people used to say, what's the difference between the Democrat oh, and the yes. Republican? So oh, yeah. clear sure. right now what this difference is. It's not even a question. So clear. Donald Trump, who's saying that immigrants are poisoning the blood of this nation. Yeah. Donald Trump, who's basically telling our allies in NATO. And I know here in Michigan, we got folks from all different ethnic uh, backgrounds, uh, but particularly in Eastern European heritage, we know what uh, Germany did. We know what Russia, uh, the way that Russia played in terms of uh, and grip over those Eastern European countries. And, and now those, many of those countries are NATO allies. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump is basically saying, hey, Putin, just come on in. If they are paying some dues or whatever, say, do whatever the hell you want to do with them. That's who they are putting up as their presidential nominee. Right? We can't stand for it, folks. We see reproductive freedoms in this country ripped away. Now they're even going after IVF. Next, they'll be going after contraceptives. Folks, if you allow them to take away one freedom, they'll take away all of your freedoms. And that is what Donald Trump, who wants to be dictator on day one, wants to do. So tell folks about the IVF, because that just happened. Yes. And I'm not sure all of our listeners are, are up on what's happened in Alabama. In Alabama, the Alabama Supreme Court almost came with a unanimous, I think there was one dissenting uh, vote, almost a unanimous opinion that basically says that IVF, in the IVF process, the embryos are right. people. Right. And so therefore, you can't do anything with, with the embryos. When we know scientifically that is not the case, we know that is not the case. And so that is restricting people in terms of who want to have kids. So many folks have are having difficulty. I know for a while we even considered IVF. Luckily, we were able to, to have uh, another child. So many people are trying to are considering ways because they want to be parents. But now this party led by this tyrant and Donald Trump. They opened Pandora's box when they ripped away Roe versus Wade. When Donald Trump put these right-wing jurists on the Supreme Court who promised in their Senate confirmations that Roe was the law of the it. land. We all heard it. Stare decisive. Yeah. The law of the land. We are not going to revisit that. It's the law of the land. And they went back and they rewrote that law. They, re they ripped it away. They ripped away that freedom. 50 years, women in this country have had that freedom. And now it is a slippery slope. And these right-wing Supreme Courts in many of these state uh, states are now coming up with the craziest, craziest thing. And as a result, women, women are being decimated by it. And so, folks, you know, we got to stand up. We got to stand up and we cannot allow... Donald Trump and these MAGA Republicans to rip away the freedoms that define America as America. Yeah, man, we can make no mistake. Reproductive freedom is on this ballot. Again. Along with all of our other freedoms that's and exactly our democracy. Right. And don't think you're protected because you are just in a, a blue state right. or a purple state or what have you. Folks, th these things have no boundaries. They have no lines. And it's great that our, our Gretchen Whitmer and, and the legislature here were able to really build a wall and define and protect choice. But with these right-wing justices on our Supreme Court, federal Supreme Court, and then across the country, you, you just got to be very, very careful. And the only way that we, I know, to protect our freedom is to use what folks can use here in, on Tuesday, which is their right to vote. Exactly. What people can use in November, which is their right. 
there's some recent news about Donald Trump and pulling out of NATO. Can we address that a little bit? Yeah, I mentioned a little bit of this earlier. Listen, I think of Poland in particular and the Polish community. Poland is one of those countries that came into NATO after the Russian wall fell down. And the historical pain of the Polish people is still there. They remember what it was like in order to be restricted in terms of their freedoms. They remember what it was like to have somebody with a foot on their neck. And right now, when Donald Trump said that basically we should just pull out of NATO, that we won't support our NATO allies, he is saying to the Polish people, he's saying to all the descendants of Eastern Europe, he's saying to those folks, we're just giving up on you. We're just going to allow Russia and Putin to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And we cannot stand for that. Joe Biden will not allow that to happen. And folks, that is why it is so important in this election. This really isn't about Democrats versus Republicans. It's about people who are doing the right thing versus the people who are doing the wrong thing. Everything that Donald Trump touches is destroyed. Every single thing. And Joe Biden, you may not agree with Joe Biden on every single thing, but this is a thing that I know that is so true. He's a good man. He's an honest man. He has tremendous empathy. And he wants to make America the best for all of America's people. I know that is not the case with Donald Trump. It is not the case, but it is the case with Joe Biden. You're not going to agree with him on everything. He may not be on the right side with you on every single issue, but you cannot tell me that you don't believe that this is a good, honest, decent man who's just trying to do the right thing for as many and all of America's people. And I hope all of the voters from every ethnic group, from every background, because we all are descendants from somebody and some from someplace. I hope we all will really take that to bear when we go into that voting booth uh, on Tuesday, and then- but again in November. We talked a little bit about this Do Nothing Congress. Mm-hmm. Here in Michigan, we've got a couple of congressional seats to protect. Mm-hmm. Hillary Scolton. Um, we've got Dan Kildee retiring, so an open seat we need to take care yep. of. So talk a little bit about our prospects nationwide, our plan nationwide to get back that U.S. House. And then, of course, we got to elect somebody in a big U.S. Senate seat, big shoes to fill with Debbie Stabenow. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of work below president on the ballot. That's exactly I, right. And people have to understand that the presidency is really important. But folks, where the rubber meets the road is what happens on a local level. Uh, on the down ballot, it is so key and so crucial. When you think about every aspect of your life, somebody elected has some importance on from your driver's license to the roads that you drive on, to the quality of water that you're drinking, to the schools that you send your kids to, to the jobs that you have and the regulations, to the air that you breathe. Every aspect of our life is influenced by somebody that is in elected office. And if you don't exercise that right, then you give your authority, you give your interest to somebody else to make a decision for. Imagine there's a person on the assembly line with you who you just don't like. They bring the smelliest stuff for lunch. <laughs> they, 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 they don't agree with you on anything politically or religiously or culturally. You decide, I'm just not going to vote. But they go and vote. So in essence, you are giving the right for everything that is important to you over to that person right. to make that decision for you. That is what you do, folks. I, I often tell folks that the vote is what I call the great equalizer. 
Because it doesn't matter if you are the CEO of GM or you're the person that is cleaning the bathrooms in mm-hmm. GM. You got one vote. Just one. One vote. Use it. And it has the same power. Their vote doesn't have more power than yours. And you've got to use it. You've got to use it. But if you don't use it, then you just amplify some of the issues and problems that we're seeing yeah. in the state, but across. I talk to my kids all the time about how hard their grandmother and their grandmother's mother worked to make sure they could vote. Right? That's exactly. And we don't squander that room. No, we we work too hard for it. We can't. And here in Michigan, I think people understand that. People have watched as rights have been pulled back by Republicans or Republicans are so very open about the fact that they would regulate abortion again. They would undo all the voting rights work that we have done here in Michigan. The vote has become such an important tool in speaking up and speaking out that we just need to make sure that everybody's exercising that right and using it. You have to. Donald Trump's folks have already said that he gets elected. He wants to get rid of early votes. Exactly right. Again, it is a slippery slope, my friends. It is a very slippery slope. When they feel that they can take away that, then they'll try to take away other things. Absentee, all these things that we enjoy that make life easier for us to exercise our rights. And we just can't allow it to happen. That means you got to stand up and you got to do, do what you got to do, which is go and exercise the right to vote. Exactly. And it starts with this primary that's happening on Tuesday. Get out there and vote. And you can vote early or you can show up on election day and vote. But whatever you do, vote, 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 vote. vote. you have to do that. I, we have this, our model in South Carolina is, uh, while I breathe, I hope. And I think it's such a beautiful model. Because hope is so powerful, and, and particularly you know, as an African-American growing up in South Carolina, sometimes hope is all that we have. Mm-hmm. My, my grandparents often told me that most of their life, they couldn't vote. Considered second, second-class citizens. Not even, my grandfather used to say, not even a whole man. And, but hope was the thing that got us through. Similar with our faith, right? Faith has gotten many of us through so much. But in my study of the Bible, we, we know this phrase that faith without works is dead. The one thing I've learned in life, hope without action is never realized. So it is not good enough for us just to have faith. It's not just good enough for us to have hope. We have to do something to turn that hope and faith into something that is tangible, something that is real. And the only way that I know that you can do, the only thing that I know that we all have that we can exercise in order to make real is our power. So the model is not while I breathe, I hope, but while I breathe, I vote. Well, I like that. Because that is how we make hope real for so many of us. So folks, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I I see this, I voted sticker sitting right here on on, on the computer. Yeah. You got to do it. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Of course. It's so much fun. Thanks so much for coming back to Michigan. And I think I will probably be here a few more times between now and November. So keep coming back. (laughs) This is a funny thing is my my stepfather's family is all from Detroit. And and it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And it's good to see Detroit coming back. It is good to see Michigan just firing on all cylinders. And that's because of the great leadership we have here, which includes my Madam Chair. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. There's some recent news about Donald Trump and pulling out of NATO. Can we address that a little bit? We've got some communities here in Michigan that yeah, are interested in that. I mentioned a little bit of this earlier. Listen, I think of Poland in particular and the Polish community. Poland is one of those countries that came into NATO after the Russian wall mm-hmm. fell down. And 
the historical pain of the Polish people is still there. They remember what it was like in order uh, uh, to be restricted in terms of their freedoms. They remember what it was like to have somebody with a foot on their neck. And right now, when Donald Trump said that basically we should just pull out of NATO, that we won't support our NATO allies, he is saying to the Polish people, he's saying to all of these Eastern European, the descendants of Eastern Europe, he's saying to those folks, we're just giving up on you. We're just going to allow Russia and Putin to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And we cannot stand for that. Joe Biden will not allow that to happen. And folks, that is why it is so important in this election. This really isn't about Democrats versus Republicans. It's about people who are doing the right thing versus the people who are doing the wrong thing. Everything that Donald Trump touches is destroyed. Every single thing. And Joe Biden, you may not agree with Joe Biden on every single thing, but this is a thing that I know that is so true. He's a good man. He's an honest man. He has tremendous empathy. And he wants to make America the best for all of America's people. I know that is not the case with Donald. It is not the case, but it is the case with Joe Biden. You're not going to agree with him on everything. He may not be on the right side with you on every single issue, but you cannot tell me that you don't believe that this is a good, honest, decent man who's just trying to do the right thing for as many and all of America's people. And I hope all of the voters from every ethnic group, from every background, because we all are descendants from somebody and some from someplace. I hope we all will really take that to bear when we go into that voting booth uh, on Tuesday, and then- but again in November. Thank you. This week's Trump outrage, Trump's transparent effort to hide his anti-choice record from the voters. He and other Republicans are running away from the outrageous Alabama Supreme Court ruling that an embryo is a child. The facts? The ruling is a direct result of the Dobbs decision, a ruling made possible by Trump's three right-wing appointments to the Supreme Court. In Michigan, two Republican candidates for the U.S. Senate have a clear record supporting the idea that human life begins at fertilization. Both Mike Rogers and Peter Meyer sponsored so-called personhood legislation, a federal law stating that life begins at fertilization. That law would effectively have banned both in vitro fertilization and abortion. Trump has said privately that he supports a 16-week nationwide abortion ban, and he's on record believing that a woman getting an abortion should be criminally charged. As Vice President Harris and Governor Whitmer made it clear in Grand Rapids last week, Democrats stand firmly behind the right of women to control their bodies. Abortion rights are under attack. Repealing Roe v. Wade was only step one. The coordinated assault on bodily autonomy and family life is ongoing. They've shown us their next steps. A national abortion ban. Put health care providers behind bars. Ban emergency contraception. Ban birth control. Ban IVF, as we just saw in Alabama this week. Um, banning Mifepristone. This is their playbook. The previous president of the United States openly talks about how he is proud of what has resulted. Proud of the fact that doctors and nurses can be jailed for giving reproductive care. Proud of the fact that women are being forced into situations where literally their life is at stake in terms of having a miscarriage and not being able to have the medically required treatment. 
proud of the fact that so many young women in America now have fewer rights than their mothers and grandmothers? Elections matter and that there is a full-on concerted effort to pass a national ban, which would mean the people of Michigan would not be as safe. And that's this week's update from Your Democratic Party. I'm LaVora Barnes. Thank you for listening. Paid for by the Michigan Democratic Party, 606 Townsend, Lansing, Michigan, 48933.